Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Hello, moms. Today on our Mom to Mom podcast, we are interviewing Whitney McCorder, and our theme is Parenting Girls. I'm so excited to hear from our guest because it has been fun to watch Whitney have girls. She has um, been married to John, our executive pastor at OCC for 13 years. I can't believe it's been that long. (laughs) And they have three girls, ages five, seven, and nine. And they're very delightful girls, very cute and fun. And so I'm excited to hear what you have to say about them. Thank you. So to get started on our podcast, I wanted to read from scripture in Genesis just to kind of frame the, you know, what we're going to be talking about. And I looked up Genesis uh, 1, 27. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So he really did create men, and, you know, male gender and a female gender. And I think that he was very purposeful in that. <laughs> and, you know, you know, there's some needs that little boys have and there's some needs that little girls have, but they really have different needs. And we have experienced that as we go about life, as I'm parenting two boys and I'm parenting a girl I see the difference in the gender I see what they need I see it's very different and I also am parenting with the thought that they actually need to be trained in different ways Mm -hmm. so that they can prepare for the role that God has for them and really God has made these two genders because they're complementary opposites they complement each other and so there's different things that girls will do and there's different things that boys do in their lives that really um we really benefit from males, and we really benefit from females in the world. So, actually, I was driving in the car with my daughter, Grace, today. She was helping me organize all of my apps. She is putting them in order, and it reminded me of what we're going to talk about today, about girls. And it reminded me of, you know, in Genesis, how it talks about how no suitable helper was found for Adam. So he made mm. Eve to be his helper. And I really think that that is like, it it really encompasses Mm. the role of women. We help people. We Mm. like to help people. That's what we do. So yeah, so it will be fun to hear what you and John do with your girls. So let's get started. So Whitney, what are you and John aiming for as you parent your girls? Okay, so first I'm going to start with my disclaimer. (laughs) We all have disclaimers, right? (laughs) John told me I needed to limit it to one because I had a lot. So So John and I are still in the thick of parenting. We still, our girls are very young still, as you heard, nine, seven, and five, and we're nowhere close to being done parenting. So a lot of what I'm going to say, we have taken from wiser people who have gone before us. This is not all John and I's genius ideas. We don't have this together. We're not perfect at any of this. So I just wanted to start out by saying that first, that we understand that. So in answering your question, what is our aim um, for raising girls? Okay, it can be summed up into three main things, really. So we want them to become followers of Jesus Christ, and we are constantly sharing the gospel in our home and trying to point everything that we do and why we do it back to Christ. 
Um, number two, we want to help them develop godly character. Um, an example of this, one way that we do this in our home is that we um, pick characteristics that we feel like the girls need to develop or work on, and we spend a significant amount of time in our mornings reading stories, reading Bible stories, um, and memorizing scriptures that go along with that characteristic. Um, we try to correct character um, that does not align with scripture, and then we try to catch them choosing godly character and celebrate and rejoice um, when they're doing that. And then the last thing is we also want them to desire the right things. We're aiming at heart change, not behavioral change. And so we want them to choose God's ways as opposed to the world's ways or their own selfish ways. Um, and the term value shaping, that's really what that means, the term value shaping that we use a lot. So we want them to choose God, God's ways. Um, and these three things drive a lot of what we do. Um, we want our lives to reflect how important these things are. And so it's why we go to OCC. It's why we take or why we make sacrifices um, by giving financially and by serving others. It determines how we spend our time and who we spend our time with. And I want to just clarify too that we do all of these things first and foremost um, because it's right and good before God. And then also to set the example for our girls. Mm -hmm. And I really have seen you both do that in your lives and your girls are really delightful. So, you know, it's praise the Lord. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> praise the Lord. Yeah, it really what's is going on. It's Jesus. <laughs> so what are some needs that uh, your girls have? Okay. So this might sound obvious, but I'm going to say it anyways, just because sometimes the obvious things we forget, mm -hmm. but they need Jesus. <laughs> yes. Without Jesus. For sure. yeah. <laughs> Without Jesus, nothing that John or I can do is going to do them any good. Um, they will have no hope without, without Jesus. So they are disciples and they need to hear the truth of the gospel on a regular basis. So that's first and foremost. Um, they need a running pack. Girls need friends. And um, what I have loved and what we have benefited from um, being at OCC at, at such a young age with our kids, being such a young age, um, is that we really get, we have a say in who who their friends are and who they hang out with and, and we're teaming up with other families, which has um, been a real joy and privilege. Um, but if you do have older girls, it's not too late and you could still invest in their friends and, and keep open conversations about what it means to be a good friend. And one of the verses that we like to use with our, with our girls is, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of the fools suffers harm. And that's Proverbs 13, 20. Just to remind them, even in how they are friends, not just in choosing their friends, but what kind of friends they are going to be. Be a wise friend. Another need that girls have is um, they need to be shown how to be loved. This is a big job for us parents because we're the first people um, that love them unconditionally. And Lord willing, this sets them up to know the difference from real love versus what the world calls love and protect them from being manipulated or hurt in the future. Another thing that girls need are role models and heroes. 
we have both dead and alive heroes, which is fun. Um, I've heard it said from a mentor that dead heroes are the best heroes because you know how it ended. Mm -hmm. So we have introduced a lot of biblical heroes, missionary stories, and other amazing faith stories to our girls to have heroes of the faith. And these also, just by the way, they don't have to be just girls. But that's been really fun. My girls love learning stories of the faith via the Bible or other books. And actually, there's really good shows and movies, too, that depict some of these real-life people. And then along with that, which has also been fun, they have real-life heroes and role models. A lot of women, actually, from our church who have really invested in our girls. And these ladies who are intentionally investing in our girls are also intentionally giving their lives to serve God's kingdom. And so we... We're just so blessed that that these women have really taken time to invest into in our girls as well. And these or these women are single women, married women, and other moms of their friends. Um, so it's been really fun, and this is important to us because we want our girls to have others to go to, who we trust when they need other opinions or when maybe we aren't as cool as we are right now. <laughs> And then they need order, structure, and discipline. Our God is not a God of chaos. We are made in his image and therefore need discipline. Having good habits and um, discipline will help them the rest of their lives, but it does take a lot of work up front. And I would give a warning that there are two dangers here. One is not investing enough time in developing disciplines and habits, or taking this too far and having wrong motives, which I am constantly needing to check myself. So, mm -hmm. those are some needs that girls have. <laughs> <laughs> they really need Jesus. Name Jesus. This, yes. <laughs> they really need to know the truth. Mm -hmm. They really need role models, and, and mm -hmm. they need to see what it looks like to be a woman in action. So, you're, you want your girls to know how to pick good friends and how to... Uh, pick good role models and, and they really need to just see a picture of what that looks mm -hmm. like to trust God. So those are just wonderful you know, things to work on. What are some struggles they deal with as a result of the culture we live in? Okay, so as I said before, my girls are young, so this is another disclaimer, don't tell John. Um, but we still have a lot of say in how much culture our kids experience. So it's more like we're we're in the phase of still trying to get ahead of it before too much has been entered in. So just with that being said, um, the first that we really are trying to develop in our girls right now is authority and having the right perspective when it comes to authority. I think that's a big struggle in culture right now. So if God is not the ultimate authority, that part of their life is going to be hard for the rest of their life. All of us, and I mean like not gender specific, are under authority in one way or another and most likely always will be. So it's important to see the good and find joy in authority because aligning yourself to God's design is always going to be the right choice. So that's our first one that we're really mm -hmm. working on in our girls. Um, the next one is self-control. As women, we have a lot of feelings and a lot of emotions, and some of them are good and some of them are bad. And so we're trying to train our girls in knowing the difference when it comes to their feelings and emotions. And, and when I say good, I mean 
lined up with biblical truths. So there's a difference between true justice and it's not fair, mm-hmm. which has been blurred, I think, in our culture. So we need to know how and when to use those feelings and emotions. And, and even good emotions and feelings have their proper place. So the Bible has a lot to say about the tongue and lips, and it actually would make a really good word study. So if you're looking for a good mm-hmm. word study, there's a lot There's a lot in there about our words. So if we can't control, and by control I mean keep a firm grip on, if we can't control our emotions and feelings, we have no hope in doing so with our words. And that's going to get us into a lot of trouble. <laughs> because women talk a lot, right? Women talk a lot. And, so, and it's not just our words. Self-control can affect lot of areas of our life, but there is a strong connection between our feelings and our words, what we feel. Sometimes we just spew and mm-hmm. put out there. Um, and so this practice, we have s- tried to start really young in our girls, having self-control. So starting with fits and tantrums when they have almost no words, you know, and then we're continuing that as they get older and talking through hurt feelings and what a friend meant or how you hurt somebody else's feelings or, you know, just all of those things, really trying to develop self-control and knowing feelings and emotions and what they can do. And lastly, uh, modesty is something that this culture is lacking. There's the obvious clothing modesty, which if your kids are anything like mine, draws out a lot of questions while out in public. A lot of times I have to tell my kids, just look away, we'll talk about it in the car. Um, <laughs> I can tell the questions are just burning in their eyes and I and I don't want them to say anything too loud. But there's also this attitude of look at me and attention getting that our culture has right now. And the need to be shocking or to not care what anybody else thinks or being the best at something even. Um, whatever it is, it's, it's a self-promotion and it's not God-glorifying. So we want our girls to know that if it's not bringing God glory and honor or serving others, it's probably something that we need to reevaluate. And that's not to say that we don't do things just for fun or anything like that, because we do. But I'm just talking about the big things that um, we give our time and energy to. They really need to be to glorify God. And those are three very, very important areas. The way that we relate to authority Mm -hmm. is really important to know how to relate rightly to legitimate authority. And then how to really have self-control with our feelings and our emotions. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of emotions as women, and sometimes we just give ourselves excuses. It's that time of the month or, you know, <laughs> things like that. So, yes. But really just helping them know that they can choose self-control in their with their feelings, and they mm-hmm. can tell their feelings. You know, they can lead their feelings. Mm-hmm. They're going to feel those feelings, but they can really lead mm-hmm. their those feelings. And... And that will actually ultimately affect their relationships, which is mm. such an important need for women. We just really need friends. We need good relationships. Mm-hmm. And when things aren't going well in our relationships, it really affects us. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it really affects women in a different way than men. Um, we could talk about that, but this is not a men <laughs> podcast. <laughs> We're yes. So, and then the last thing is modesty. Mm. You know, as they grow older, Really, they have to understand that it is kind to be modest in their clothing. Mm. It's kind to men. 
and it does honor God Mm -hmm. to be modest in their clothing. So those are really important areas to train your girls and as early as you can because I, I might you know my sister always said she wouldn't put her daughter in something that she wouldn't want her to wear when she was a teenager and yes. I thought that is a really good piece of advice because <laughs> <laughs> they remember it too when they're exactly. young they're like I used to wear this all the time so changing on them is really confusing to them so yes. just start it young <laughs> yep. then you don't have to undo anything exactly right? <laughs> So, yeah, this is great, Whitney. I'm, I'm excited to hear more about what you've done to shape values in your girls. Okay, so one of the main things, I'm going to say this, if you go to OCC, one of the main things, a great thing you could do is get your kids involved in Kids Zone. Some amazing people who really love kids and want to help kids grow have built an intentional program to do that. The curriculum is applicable to real life, and it helps me even as an adult. So if your kids are in kid zone, take advantage and really work with your kids to memorize their verses and do the do-its. And I'm talking to the older kids. I don't, the younger kids, I know that they love and and do great things in there too, but they don't have know-its and do-its. So mm-hmm. that part, I'm talking to the older girls. But, yeah. um, but memorizing the scripture, the scriptures and knowing the why behind the scripture you're memorizing is invaluable at any age, but especially at such a young age. And this goes back to the need of friends that girls have. When all of their friends are learning and memorizing together, it's just something else that connects them and bonds them. They're having to work hard together and they get to cheer each other on. So it's actually really sweet. I'm actually in one of the I'm a helper in, in one of the um, services on Sundays, and it's really sweet to like watch them cheer each other on and learn these helpful truths together. We also do, like I had mentioned earlier, we also do some morning time where we really focus on character building and memorizing verses, and we do devotionals every night before bed. And then the last thing that I'm going to say is, might sound funny, but basically we talk a lot. <laughs> I mean, a lot, which girls, girls talk a lot, right? We've said that. So we talk a lot in our house. So we try to prep our girls for all kinds of situations. So whether we're hosting, why we're hosting, who we're hosting, why we clean our house before we're hosting, um, why we go to this meeting or that meeting, why we clear up relationships while we're at this thing, how we expect them to act, things like that. All these kind of prepping conversations that we have. And then we debrief as much as possible after. So we explain why things happen. Maybe we said something that maybe didn't make sense to them. So we try to explain that or somebody else did or said something. We try to explain as much as we can. And then we ask them a lot of questions too, like, how did you think that went? How do you think that made her feel when you said that? Or why do you think that that was a good idea? Things like that. Mm -hmm. We try to give the girls categories or pegs for things so that they can build their understanding of what values are and why they're important. So starting pretty young, kids can understand a lot, a lot more than I think we give them credit for. And so we try not to dumb anything down for our kids. If anything, we probably tend to (laughs) over-explain too much. (laughs) But it's normally pretty obvious when we do that, and they start to glaze over and ask what's for dinner, you know? So we back up (laughs) after that. But we try to explain as much as possible so that they can grow their understanding. And we do this for hosting, for playdates, for babysitting, for movies that we watch, 
books that we read, arguments with sisters, holidays, consequences, you name it, we prep and debrief it. <laughs> we talk a lot. <laughs> well, and, and does, isn't that what it says in Deuteronomy? It says, talk about them when you walk and when you mm-hmm. sit and when you lie down. I think that's yes, I, I'm yeah. probably misquoting. Yeah. But it, it, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you're, you. You're talking about it as you're going about your day. Yes. That's the point of mm-hmm. it. And so, yeah, that's, yeah, that's really... Um, it's kind of freeing to know that you can just slip that in there. Parenting moment right there yes. that you can slip in. So what are some examples of uh, maybe more intentional value shaping events that you do with your kids? Okay, so we have been, like I said earlier, we've been very blessed having so many great friends at OCC and some of our friends happen to have kids at the same time that we did so all of our kids get to be friends now too which is so fun and so with a few of these families we have teamed up and done different things so with a couple of of families we we teamed up and put some gifts together for Christmas for a family who lost their home um, during the Chico fires a few years back And we did that in order for our kids to love and serve others. We took the kids to a trampoline park one time. Their main goal to put the interests of others above their own at the trampoline park, which was a really fun day. And the kids all debriefed how hard that was. (laughs) A few moms and our, our oldest daughters put together a tea party for their kids' own teachers a while back to learn how to host and serve. My girls were included in a bake sale and fundraiser for one of their kids' own teachers who had cancer. One of my girls was asked by a friend to help with the stuffing of eggs for the Easter service. Basically, a lot of these things, as you can tell, have been teaming with other families or other friends, other girls, other moms, which just makes value shaping and serving others so much more fun and enjoyable. So in order to... If you're wondering, like, what does that look like? I'll explain a little bit further in about the tea party experience. So, like I said, my oldest daughter and a couple of her friends with their moms, we all put together a tea party for their kids' own teachers. So the goal was to teach the girls some hosting skills, serve others, and putting others' goals ahead of their own. We guided them through who to invite. So we were thinking not just, you know, party for friends. Like, let's think of who has served you. And so we, re- we really had to guide them through this part because we, 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 were, we were aiming at a goal to have them invite their kids and teachers. So we really ha- we helped. We guided them through this part. And then we planned the food. And so when we planned the food, we had the girls think of what their teachers might like instead of just what their favorite foods are. We showed them how to set the table and make things look nice. They even cleaned the house before um, the guests came. And to be on the lookout while we were eating, if something like ran low and they could go into the kitchen and refill the plate or whatever. We taught them how to greet someone at the door and welcome them and take their coat and purse, which was really funny because we actually like real practiced this before our guests came Mm -hmm. and the girls were hysterical and like jumping up and down excited, screaming, and we're like, okay, so that was fun, but is that how we want to <laughs> greet all of our guests? I think we might scare some people. Let's try that again, you know? So it was it was a good learning experience. Even for me, I didn't realize that that would happen. Like, okay, this we good. We're talking through this beforehand. Okay. So they, they did well when that actually happened, but we practiced that a couple times. Um, 
And then um, we talked through how to have a conversation at the table once our guests sat down because we said, what's the easiest thing to talk about? And the easiest thing to talk about is ourselves, right? So we we gave them a list of questions to ask mm-hmm. um, our guests so that they weren't just talking about themselves the whole time. And they even had to work through putting each other's goals above their own when it came to who was going to answer the door or who was going to pour the tea or who was going to serve the scones. So we did a lot of prep beforehand. And and that was, like I said, just all before the tea party. So once the guests actually arrived, we kind of let them take the lead and helped when it was necessary. And honestly, it went great. The girls had so much fun. And, and in debriefing afterwards, they even talked through some of the things that were really hard for them, like putting others' goals above their own, not being able to do the job that they wanted to do, or one of the things that was hard for them was not talking about themselves, <laughs> which I, mm-hmm. I get that. Even though there was a lot of planning and prep that went into this tea party before, we wanted the girls to see that everything was focused on the guests, the people. God values people and cares for people, and therefore, so do we. Bryn still remembers and talks about this tea party, and if she had it her way, she would have people over to our house every night and have some kind of party every weekend. That girl loves people. Yes, I have been invited to your house by Bryn. <laughs> yes. I'm sure, I'm sure everybody at some point has. She invites, and, she, and then I hear about it later. She invites people, and I hear about it later. I'm like, oh, okay, let's, uh, let's figure out how to do that. Okay. <laughs> she helps stretch me, that child. I love her. And she loves to host, and she's actually very helpful, and she's grown a lot, um, because I think because she loves it so much, too. But she helps clean the house and prep things beforehand. She loves serving and asking people what they want to drink when they come. And she's really good at clearing people's plates after the meal without me asking. She's very capable and helpful, and I think that a lot of it actually stems back to this tea party. Hmm. That's really fun to hear how you have been intentional in your parenting. Mm. And the other thing that I noticed was just the community. Just yes. what, how the community has come alongside you as parents mm-hmm. to, to encourage you to provide examples, to provide help, mm-hmm. and to provide opportunities yes. for you to train your girls. Like I said in my disclaimer, John and I are, you know, not perfect at this. A lot of these ideas were not our original ideas. They were like, a friend said, let's do a tea party. I was like, great idea. I love it. <laughs> We've, we have bl- been blessed through others, definitely. Yeah. And, and you know, that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do mm-hmm. at Mom to Mom, yes. really. Moms helping moms raise the next righteous generation, yes. right? So what are some ways you would encourage moms who are currently raising girls? Okay, so first, I encourage you to get involved in church and get your kids involved. It might sound simple, but it will make a big impact. I promise. I encourage you to have a daily quiet time. Like I said, girls need Jesus. We need Jesus. I need Jesus. And we cannot raise our children without his help. And lastly, girls are fun. I get a lot of looks and comments when I'm out with my three girls, like, ooh, a lot of girls, a lot of emotions, super expensive, Mm -hmm. lots of these kind of comments. (laughs) And I just want to 
tell you, it is does not have to be that way. I have three girls with three different personalities and all of them are so fun in their own way and I really do enjoy them so much. What is a major theme God is currently teaching you in parenting? Okay, there are two things that I thought of very quickly. Neither of them are new revelations, but things I already know are true, becoming real in maybe a different way. The first is that I cannot do this alone. And believe me, I have known this from the first few hours of my first being born. But for some reason, I really like to test this one out every once in a while. It stems from both pride and desire to not be needy. In order to try and free up John, for example, I try not to bother him. I can put those in like air quotes or something. I try not to bother him with things, so I just deal with it on my own. And as the situation gets harder, as it most always does, I then tell myself, I got this. Don't bother him. I got this. You can do it. So there's my pride. And inevitably, I end up a mess and causing more problems to my poor husband. I need his input and I need his help. God has designed for us to do this together. So who am I to try otherwise? This is true of friends too. Mom friends are priceless. I would be lost without mine. And those who are a little bit and a lot ahead of us, we need them too. I have gained so much wisdom from watching others and asking questions. I cannot do this alone. The other thing that God is teaching me is that he is working in my girl's life even and maybe especially when I'm at my worst. I'm not totally sure why, but the beginning of this year was a tough one for me. I was feeling like I was failing at everything I was supposed to be doing and I was just really down. It was during this time that God chose to call Farah to himself and she made Jesus the boss of her life. It was a kindness from God to remind me that he cares better for my girls than I ever can. And he brought the verse to mind, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, that says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Well, that's really encouraging, Whitney. I'm so glad that you were able to share your parenting journey with girls. <laughs> and um, they are lovely little girls, and you do have fun with them, and that's really fun to watch. And I just can't wait to see what God will do through your girls' lives. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another Mom to Mom podcast.